Well, welcome everyone uh, to our uh, April All Hands uh, Twitter Spaces, and tonight we're going to be focusing on payments uh, in the in the Web three space. And uh, we're very lucky to have uh, really two great experts in the area. One, Zach Che from Pundiax, and we also have Aish or Aishwari from Polygon, uh, who uh, I, I know will be able to contribute a great deal to tonight's discussion. Uh, but before we go to there, uh, Andreas, uh, would you like to give us some updates on FunctionX? Uh, sure, uh, sure thing, uh, David. Uh, so in regards to FunctionX, uh, uh, there are like two things. Uh, the one is uh, FX Wallet uh, version 3.0 that uh, will be coming out soon. Uh, so there will be like big changes and new features coming to FX Wallet. Uh, so we created... a uh, the topic on Starscan Forum with the title FX Wallet 3.0 Updates, where we will be posting uh, actually pictures of how the FX Wallet will look like with the uh, update. Uh, so uh, everyone make sure to join that topic because it's better to show you uh, how it will be. Uh, the other thing is uh, this week we announced the integration of Polygon Chain with PX Card. Uh, so the PX card is a multi-chain affordable call wallet card, and PX card owners can store and transact, transact like Polygon tokens and NFTs. Uh, and moreover, uh, we can simply use uh, the PX card to pay or top up a crypto or mint NFTs and directly through the upcoming PX change the app on, on the Expos. So uh, that's uh, from Function X, maybe. Uh, the speakers can introduce themselves and uh, also share uh, your thoughts uh, in regards uh, to PX card integration with Polygon uh, chain. Maybe Aish can uh, share more on this one as well. Surely, thanks. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm glad to be here at, uh, at this. I've been working with Polygon leading all the payments and uh, fintech integrations, and I'm like really happy to see uh, expansion of both the ecosystems through this collaboration. So I think this integration helps us path the way for Polygon to reach out to new non-crypto savvy users and even the first time users that are going out there and helping us to onboard like more users to use the PX card and access like easily some of the digital assets like NFTs and everything on the Polygon uh, blockchain itself. And I think on the other hand, like the developers on the Polygon blockchain can also use the PX card as a means to expand their user base. It's an, um, like it's basically something which is uh, which is very easy to use. And that is where we, this is one of the most important things also as well when we look at uh, seeing into how the po whole Polygon payment ecosystem is maturing. Uh, good with the integration and also uh, uh, the user with the PS card, uh, thanks to Polygon, can uh, enjoy uh, faster transactions and low fees when it comes uh, to payments. And I think that's the name of the game. I mean, as uh, mm -hmm. I po pointed out, the fact that we're trying to uh, you know, still move towards, uh, you know, greater adoption and expanding user bases everywhere. Uh, and because of the ease of use, that's, you know, one of those things that, that makes it very attractive, I think. So we're really, you know, looking forward to seeing the integration and how it rolls out. Zach. Hey, hi, guys. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah. I yes. Right. 
I can hear you fine. So why don't, you know, I'd really like to hear, uh, you know, sort of your vision as to kind of uh, where we are at present and where we're going into the future uh, in terms of uh, payment uh, on, on Web3. Right. So, um, David, as, as you know, Puniac has been involved in the Web3 payment space since 2017, right? Uh, in fact, back then, we don't even call it a Web3 payments. Uh, we just call it simply a crypto payments. And our vision is actually to allow people to be able to buy, sell, and even use crypto as easy as buying a bottle of water. So I think that vision has been from the get-go, from 2017, our vision to make crypto adoption borderless and very easy for everyone to use. So we are really glad that um, in today's time, um, the focus on crypto adoption has been growing tremendously. And as uh, Andres had mentioned as well, the partnership with um, a Polygon and also different people to allow the adoption and payments of crypto has been growing. So take, for example, uh, something that we have recently announced. Uh, Pundiax has recently announced the usage of Expos, which allow people to actually buy physical gold offline in a store in South Africa. So someone can actually step into a gold exchange store in South Africa and use all sorts of crypto, right? They can use BTC, they can use Stablecoin, uh, they can use Matic, they can use KundiX to just go over to a store and um, pay with their crypto and acquire physical gold in a physical store. So I think um, the era of borderless payments is definitely coming and uh, companies that can take charge of this uh, growth, uh, I think will power the next frontier of web. 3.0. I think that's right. And as we see sort of the large exchanges uh, kind of being uh, more tightly regulated, uh, I, I think that having kind of these alternatives uh, for, uh, for obtaining crypto and, and, and it's, it is beyond crypto. Uh, you know, I mean, as we get it more into uh, uh, the derivatives market and, you know, what, what, uh, you know, what we're doing certainly under margin X, it's opening up a, I think, a whole world of uh, financial services that has been generally out of reach uh, of most of the population. And I think uh, politics, in a way, is sort of pushing us in, in the right direction. There's obviously, you know, some uh, negative uh, trends uh, in the, the other direction, but I think in, in general, uh, you know, and I think, and, and everyone is looking, I think, to uh, to Asia in particular, or Southeast Asia, uh, as being kind of the the next spot for for the bull run. Right, and uh, David, if I may, I think you you mentioned something very interesting. So, looking at the U.S. based um, kind of like YouTuber or you know um, thought leaders, um, there's this pessimism around um, U.S that they even call it Operation Choke Point 2.0, whereby um, Gary Gensler and also um, the politicians are trying to, you know, just uh, control crypto and really make it very hard for people.
people to do business or to adopt crypto. And I think it's a very different scenario in Asia. Uh, today, we actually saw uh, Hong Kong taking a very liberal stance uh, uh, announcement for crypto. And we also saw that in Taiwan. So I think being based in Singapore and originally from uh, Indonesia, I think Pundiax is um, in some ways um, having this advantage to position itself in the borderless uh, payments, physical uh, world, especially in Asia. I think that's, that's absolutely true. And I think, I think in the long term or even in the medium term, I think we're going to see uh, the U.S. approach as being kind of the, the outliers. Um, and, uh, I th you know, they are obviously also kind of looking at this from the position of, you know, trying to maintain the USD as, uh, as the reserve currency. And uh, uh, crypto, uh, you know, and, and stable coins and, uh, you know, sovereign CBDCs all present kind of a, a challenge to that. So it's, it's understandable from a political perspective, but uh, they're going to see, uh, you know, kind of a, I don't know if I would call it a brain drain exactly, uh, but I think they're going to see a, uh, you know, uh, companies that have been in the forefront uh, of innovation in the blockchain space, seeing them, you know, move offshore um, and, and uh, you know, other other jurisdictions and I mean, including Hong Kong and uh, I think somewhat to a lesser extent, Singapore are, you know, going to be uh, very, very attractive uh, as, as in terms of being headquarters for, for these companies. And so Aish, what, where do you see kind of the, the, the immediate future going or the, the medium term future? Right. So like, uh, yeah yeah so basically i'm looking at it from a perspective where uh, a lot of new use cases and a lot of collaborations are happening into coming out and evolving into these new cases so for example like payments uh, in a way earlier was not that big in uh, in the web3 world a tokenization was something that was not even thought about at one point of time but slowly and steadily what we are seeing is a, a slow migration towards these use cases and payments are emerging as one of the biggest use cases. Uh, when you look at it from the payments perspective across the world, or if even if you look at it in the Web2 world, uh, let's assume like if there are like, let's say 100 people in the world, uh, there would be 10 people probably, I'm saying it too much, but maybe let's say 10 people who want to go out and do something in the, in the trading and everything like that. But there would be 100 people who would want to go out and use payments because that's a necessity. So when you look at it from the perspective of the use cases coming forward and how blockchain is evolving and giving these kinds of use cases, I think it's does the start from the payments perspective and slowly and steadily, I think a lot of these use cases are going to emerge and we see, we'll see like how uh, big it becomes as an industry on top of blockchain. I think that's that's right. And we're seeing, you know, we're seeing it happen uh, in in places at least that, that I would not have thought about uh, a couple of years ago. And so uh, I think Zach mentioned that, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, dealing with uh, customers in, uh, in Africa and uh, the use of cryptos for payments for big ticket items. So, you know, I mean, it's actually, you know, the, 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 the vision of PDX initially was like that bottle of water. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, certainly within our, 
uh, distributor base, we're seeing, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a more upscale uh, vision of this in terms of uh, the use of cryptos for, cryptos for payments uh, in real estate, uh, in high-end goods, in jewelry and cars. Uh, so it definitely is is growing, uh, but at least it, from from my perspective, it's growing in jurisdictions that I uh, hadn't anticipated. Uh, so I think I think that's and I think that's you know really kind of going back to those basic principles uh, of of blockchain in terms of uh, you know making uh, making this this all accessible to uh, to a, a broader audience. Um, Right. And I think, David, you are exactly right that we are actually seeing two trends happening. One is that uh, what the media call it the debanking of crypto, right? Um, the inability for uh, crypto exchanges and company to actually open bank accounts. So that actually um, had a spillover effect, which actually allow us to see crypto transaction on physical location powered by Expo Solution actually increasing. So um, it's very interesting. Um, as as, as uh, the debanking happens, uh, the people that want to use crypto offline or, or buy crypto offline in a physical store actually has increased. In fact, we have seen the transaction volume increase multifold. So that's a very interesting um, uh, trend that we have seen. Uh, another one, as you say, David, is actually uh, the big ticket size, right? Um, so not just buying a bottle of water, but buying uh, big ticket items that, that we are also seeing in different parts of the world. Right. And we're seeing, I mean, I think part of the uh... A part of the conundrum is that even in those jurisdictions that are moving towards a uh, a more liberal uh, acceptance of cryptocurrency, uh, they still are kind of under the thumb of you know international banking order uh, in terms of uh, you know and and so even you know in jurisdictions like the UAE or in France or you know certainly th throughout the EU. Um, and, and in Asia, it becomes, it's still difficult for crypto companies that are welcome in that jurisdiction to set up bank accounts, uh, that banks still have to operate within a, uh, you know, kind of a, a different system. We may, we may see that shift, uh, you know, we may see sort of a, a de-swifting of, of banks uh, as, as it becomes kind of a uh, economic necessity to, uh, to you know, to to move in a forward direction, rather than stay, uh, you know, with with the old order. Uh, but again, I, the the problem is that the banking industry in the uh, you know traditional finance area has such a strong uh, voice uh, in terms of being able to lobby governments and everything that uh, it, it's going to be a challenge, uh, definitely. But I think things are moving in in a positive direction. Yeah, I, I think, um, just imagine, right, um, so someone in Turkey, which was previously using a traditional banking system to buy crypto. So if that person has been debanked, uh, another alternative is for him to really go to a physical store 
to buy the Bitcoin that he used to on an exchange. So I think that um, solution, including the PX card solution, whereby that user can actually use the PX card, go to a physical store to acquire the Bitcoin and have ownership of the Bitcoin in that card, in PX card. I think that presents a immense opportunity for uh, crypto growth. Absolutely. And so, you know, we talk about borderless uh, payment and that, you know, I think the, the card kind of has a, uh, an opportunity there uh, where, you know, uh, people in, again, in, in many of these jurisdictions that are facing uh, either, you know, hyperinflation or, uh, or political uh, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, military problems uh, need to have a way of, uh, of, of sending, uh, you know, money uh, uh, or sending, you know, value abroad. And it becomes very difficult to do that in the, the traditional system. Uh, so I think, you know, having these alternatives, uh, you know, whether they're uh, the exchanges that are, you know, being, the, the, you know, we see that our distributors setting up uh, or having a, you know, a physical card, that can hold crypto uh, presents really interesting opportunities. Mm, yeah, um, and then I think David, you struck a very good chord, um, which is um, the user can actually take the PX card and essentially go anywhere in the world and be able to withdraw that Bitcoin out because he really owns uh, that crypto. So I think that. It's a very interesting um, growth. And for the crypto companies, the tokens uh, that are able to kind of like give this new use case to the token will be very interesting because that is actually a shift from token usage online, which uh, centers around trading, uh, coin market cap, uh, those sort of things to actually real use case. So I think that also has a major step towards real usage of a crypto. So I think that uh, really is a, is a, is a big shift. Um, it's, it's, like, it's similar to a, a fiat currency moving to a CBDC. Um, and uh, I think that, that is uh, the equivalent of, of that uh, big change, yeah. And I think actually the, the growth of CBDCs is going to... Uh, kind of help fuel these alternatives. Uh, I mean, I happen, as you know, I mean, I happen to be kind of anti-CBDC or certainly very suspicious of, of its potential. Uh, and so I think more and more people are going to be looking at, uh, you know, alternative uh, paths to uh, maintaining their wealth and, uh, and, and transferring it. So again, I think, you know, the, the more options uh, that are, developed uh, the the greater potential there is i i actually have a uh question for uh polygon right um where um where do you guys think um the best use case for a px card uh will be is it to encourage a matic user to spend at a, a location or what what is like what excites you guys when it comes to uh, Web3 payments and PX card? 
I think there are multiple forums. The first thing that could be done is basically, well, like you see, there's a lot of NFT activity that is happening on Polygon. So what we can do is like we can also have like the blue chip NFT projects have their own uh, branded cards issued to these people who are holding the token. So that could be uh, the NFT. That could be the first use case where now they can show off their NFT as well as use crypto to make the payments. The second could be basically giving access to the merchants which are uh not available through a normal banking rail means they are either unbanked or they, it's very difficult to bank them uh, or it's very costly for them to be banked so at that place i think this could work very well because uh let's 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 take an example i would say let's take the example of nigeria right now and if you look at nigeria right now uh their uh, their online payments is a mess uh, so the success rate is less than 40% when you're going out and doing an online transaction which is not only problematic but is also a, a, a way in which people are not even when they have the money they're not able to go out and do that while when you go out and use crypto and px cards basically you you are able to go out and override that kind of a system and you're able to still go out and have control over the money that they have and they can still choose to spend it uh, another thing that i feel could be another use case is basically like in the form of merchant payments so when you look at the merchants so basically there are a lot of crypto users uh, today i mean obviously not as much as the cash and the fiat but still there's that's a new avenue of user base that is there so in for merchants if this gets enabled this adds on to the total uh, accessible market which is the tam uh, so because now they have another method where people can go out and make the payments so i think these are the three top places where i feel this could be utilized right and and i think one thing ash um that you mentioned that that we internally have also discussed is to actually use uh nfts as a form of payments or as a form of entry into a exclusive club or you know to get free drinks when you go to your favorite coffee shop so i think that being able to hold nfts on px card and to show your ownership of the nft is something that we think can be very exciting and especially for polygon which has um so much so many nft projects growing on it i think that's right and that's a you know an interesting uh, use case for nfts i don't think that uh, you know uh, 3 years ago 4 years ago that we envisioned uh, the nft as being uh sort of that that you know kind of a a medium of uh of exchange and value uh that could be e- easily traded uh and i i think that's also i think it's a kind of a a, a safe place in in terms of uh where where governments are in in terms of what they see uh i mean we've seen a very steep learning curve uh in terms of regulators and particularly those that are older uh they've you know it's taken it's and and they aren't there yet in terms of really fully understanding uh what what cryptocurrency is or how it can be used i mean they still you know talk about uh the the dark web and that is being used you know solely for drugs and everything and for them to kind of have the vision of what an nft is uh you know they're they're a long way from that 
So I think it'll, it'll be kind of certainly slower, if, if at all, uh, kind of regulations of, of uh, NFT use. So I think, I think Polygon and, poly, and, and the projects under it are you know, really well positioned to, to take advantage of, of uh, certainly need, in near and medium term developments. And also, David, um, I think one thing very interesting is that um, the European legislation, uh, the MICA law or the MICA law, they actually chose not to address uh, the NFT space, which means that the law, the legislation that was passed or will be passed uh, does not... Um, uh, does not uh, regulate uh, NFT space. So I think that also presents a very interesting um, concept of using NFT as a form of payments or, or rather as a form of identity to pay for something. So instead of, obviously, instead of um, changing ownership of the NFTs, that NFT is a way to say, hey, I'm going to get my free coffee because that NFT entitles me to. So I think that is also a very interesting opportunity uh, for Pundiax uh, in Europe because that uh, is something that, uh, that we do not see um, obstruction uh, fr from uh, uh, EU. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, I mean, it, uh, I think NFTs are also a very uh, attractive potential market for merchants, for retailers. Uh, because they can kind of have that dual function as being, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, a loyalty token. Uh, and it's something that can fit in, I think, very nicely into, uh, you know, a lot of companies marketing. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's, there's really good potential there. Yeah. Um, and I think um, one thing based on our experience for rolling out uh, expos in different parts of the world is that a user actually wants uh, the transaction to be fast um, because users don't really want to wait at a store for three minutes uh, for the transaction to go through. So uh, when we move on to decentralization, which means that the transaction is actually verified on-chain I think a layer one protocols that have very fast verification uh, will be advantageous when it comes to Web3 borderless payment. So very simple, right? If I use Bitcoin to pay for my coffee, I would need to wait for 10 minutes for the verification. But if I were to use a layer one that is fast, um, and I think, uh, you know, in, that, in this context, I'm referring to Polygon. So I think that will be very advantageous because um, a, that person will be able to verify the payments um, in matters of like, you know, 10 or 20 seconds. So Ash, uh, what do you think about, yeah, I mean, uh, that's uh, that kind of like advantage that Polygon has. I mean, absolutely. When you look at it from that perspective, I mean, the cost of doing the transaction and the speed at which the transaction can be done. And I think one more thing that I could bring in here is basically like Polygon last month, I think today we complete like a month of another chain launching, which is the Polygon ZK AVM. So another problem that you just highlighted was a cost also. 
So when you look at it from that perspective, lo, all the blockchains like Ethereum and every other blockchain, as the number of transactions are increasing day by day because of the adoption that is happening, uh, then what happens is basically we are going out and we are uh, we are basically increasing the total number of transactions there, and because. uh the number of transactions are basically increasing the problem that is happening here is uh, the cost of doing the transaction is also increasing because the block space is exactly the same now this problem is being addressed by even polygon zk avm where what happens is they instead of processing each transaction uh in one time what 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 we have in, uh, incorporated is a batch transaction so what essentially this means is basically Uh, uh if like whatever the cost is paid is pays for processing a batch now let's compare a batch with a ship okay so let's say a ship has to travel from country a to country b now the cost of traveling from country a to country b ha- is let's say 10 dollars so now now what happens here is basically even if you put one cargo or if you put a thousand cargoes the cost will remain the same for processing the batch however in the first one because the cargo the, there's one cargo the cost of do, like moving uh, the cargo or cost of doing the transaction is 10 dollars however in the next one where you're moving 1000 cargo what happens is your cost of doing transaction becomes 0.1 dollar so that is where basically we are going out and even solving for the block space availability that is that is not there while we are riding on the security of ethereum so that is also yet another way in which we are going out and addressing not only the speed but also like as the number of transactions increase the cost of processing those transactions we are trying to go out and reduce them even more so in a fully optimized manner where we have tested it out the cost of a particular transaction can go as low as 0.000084 dollars so that's how much we can save when we're moving funds on chain in a fully uh, stipulated environment on polygon zkvm right and i think that's very important because um when a person buys a coffee right if it's a 5 dollar coffee or a 3 dollar coffee the person doesn't want to pay 10 dollar 5 dollar for transaction fees and another 5 for the coffee so i think the ability to actually increase transaction speed and also reduce uh transaction cost it's actually a very important uh part when it comes to uh a company like ours allowing people to spend offline uh let me also give an example that that we have seen um that i find very interesting is that um most of the us uh most of the stable coin that we see transacting in our physical store are actually uh usdt um so that is like the, the biggest um volume that we see and we actually see certain countries actually requesting for tron usdt uh and my guess um uh not 100% verified is because um it's actually much cheaper on tron uh for usdt so i think if if uh polygon actually presents a even cheaper and faster solution i think what potentially could happen is people moving towards uh polygon because um you know for every uh 0.5 cents safe uh it's 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 a, a huge saving when you are buying coffee right percentage wise and it becomes important also i think with with the high ticket items uh in that when people are dealing with that level they want speed 
Uh, they don't want to be waiting around when there's, uh, you know, a, a large uh, amount of, uh, of money at stake. And so they want to see that transaction going as quickly as, as possible. So it's both, you know, I think speed and cost. And uh, I, think, I think Polygon, you know, presents a, a solution to, to both those. Yes, exactly, it does. So are there any, any questions uh, in the audience that you would like to uh, ask either Aish or Zach? David, I actually have a question for uh, Ash. Um, I'm curious to know that on um, the Polygon ecosystem, which, uh, how do you rank um, the stable coins um, based on popularity? I mean, is it like the usual suspect or you guys actually have a, yeah, I mean, basically what are the top three stable coins that is being used on Polygon. Got it. So basically, like Polygon uh, houses more than 50 stable coins right now. And uh, be, the biggest one is USDT with 780 million uh, in, in TVL on Polygon. Like, uh, And then the second one is basically USDC, which is somewhere around 600 million. And the third one is basically my MAI. My is another stable coin, uh, which is something around, I think, 250 million or something. So these are the top three ones. But apart from that, we have a lot more other stable coins, which are in a lot more other denominations like Euro, GBP, JPY, Australian dollar, uh, SGD, and something like that. So that way, like we have more than 50 plus stable coins on the ecosystem. I think we have a, a question from someone in the audience. Tevro, uh, do you want to let him in to speak? Hello. Hello? Hello can you hear me? Yes, we can hear okay, you. Um, my, uh, my question um, goes, to, uh, goes to Zach. Um, you know, I want to ask when are you or what are your plans about extending your services to to Africa because um, you know um, the your services the payment uh, crypto payment services in Africa um, population is still very very low so the awareness is not really that um, um, too much and you know um, a lot of um, uh, uh, crypto uh, people in Africa here. Yeah. So, um, what are your plans about extending the services of um, crypto payment, um, direct offline payment yeah, to to Africa? Um, I'm speaking from Nigeria um, currently. Thank you. Thank you to grow. Africa is a continent which has immense opportunity and as you have said rightly a lot of crypto usage and adoption is happening and we recently announced a partnership with a 
South African distributor. And that allows people to use crypto to buy physical gold, amongst other things, in their physical store. And they are opening 11 stores in South Africa. So what we really hope is to find partners and distributors in Africa, for example, in Nigeria, whereby the market is so huge. For us to get our expos, the offline payments ecosystem into the local markets. So we are trying very hard to work with the local partners. And I think Africa presents a huge opportunity and South Africa, the case in South Africa, which we recently announced is a testament to that. You know, and part of the, uh... Uh, and 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 that's the the sort of the only way we can go because there are a number of African countries uh, that are uh, either themselves uh, you know have have uh, regulations in terms of of licensing requirements and then there are you know sort of international uh, sanctions and restrictions that are in place in, in some countries and so you know the fat f has uh, listed a, a number of african countries as you know they're either gray listed and some are uh, blacklisted and so those are you know those are challenges uh, but i think i think they will be met and i think uh, i think at least from uh, pundi x's perspective uh, it seems to me that we've got a great opportunity because we have a, uh, you know, a very active, uh, you know, distributor within South Africa who's also looking at other jurisdictions, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in the continent. So it, it will happen. Uh, the speed at which it happens is, you know, always difficult to, to tell. But I think we're, you know, definitely moving in, in a good direction that way. So... I think do if if we have uh, if Zach Aish do you have any other comments that you'd like to close the session off with? Um, I think there's a, another question that that uh, that that is trying to yeah I think it's Indra yeah yes yeah uh, quick question from me since we are talking about Africa uh, Ash uh, for Polygon itself do you guys have any like uh, users target for for the payment for the payment uh, businesses. I think in the African side also we are working with a few payment uh, providers and everything like that. Uh, the where there are obviously off on ramps as well available on the Polygon ecosystem in Africa as well. Uh, we also have like recently contributed to the African DAO, which was there. So we are a member there, uh, which was made from a budget of like a ten or a hundred million dollars or something. And we are working with the, we are going out and we are actively engaging with the community to build the products out there. Uh, we are holding multiple hackathons as well to see like what are the kind of products that can be built, which can scale, and from then it can be targeted to the mass audience. So it's something which is more from this phase of exploration and uh, we are committed with the with the fund that we have there to ensure that once we see like more traction towards a particular product which can be scaled up then we go we go and uh, we help it grow even more so i hope that's uh, responsive uh, tagro to i mean i i understand you know the desire for uh, a lot of african nations to uh, uh, you know to become uh, more integrated 
uh, with the uh, with with the crypto market, um, and I think it's just it's just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So um, you know, I I learned you talk about the um, government regulations and um, and um, and uh, restrictions. You know, unlike here in Nigeria. Um, government don't um, do not approve uh, crypto transaction, but um, uh, we we still have a lot of um, ways that we 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 do around. Like um, and the P two P transaction in in Binance is one of the ways that a lot of um, traders over here are doing. Which I think that um, the POA services, crypto POA services. Um, in one way or the other, might likely not really affect um, or affect government restrictions because um, this has to do with crypto. Yeah, you you funds the uh, your account from crypto to crypto, and also one can pay in crypto to crypto. It it does not really necessarily means that it must be flat to crypto or crypto to flat. So in as much as um, crypto to crypto, I think um, the regulations. Um, would um, likely not really hold so much, so much, on the on on Pundex services. Right, two girl. I think you mentioned something uh, very cool, which is a person to person, crypto to crypto transaction. And in fact, Pundex recently have done a program with Binance Africa, and on, that is on top of the Binance Pay support that we allow, which means that a person with Binance app can actually use the Binance Pay feature in Binance app to buy crypto on our Expos or transact crypto on our Expos. So uh, I think that is a very, um, um, a very hallmark, a trademark of uh, the market in Africa, which uh, we are also working very diligently with Binance to achieve that through Binance Pay. Okay, okay, thank you so much. And so if no other questions or comments, I think we can uh, call it a day. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Polygon. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you Polygon. Very much appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Bye.